Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication. And we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, a lifelong homeschooling parent, author, and president of Chula Vista Christian University, a homeschool-based four-year university that centers on mentor-driven, Bible-based, debt-free higher education. After spending 20 years in the college classroom, I saw the brokenness and dysfunction of modern education, and I wanted to be part of the solution. If you're new to the show, we're in a season unpacking American education. Be sure to scroll back on my podcast for some tips on breaking free from the system and a whole bunch of tips that we hope will equip and inspire you for the road ahead. We've been talking about the 12 toxic traits of the public school environment, and parents, it is time for us to step up and rescue the next generation. My book, Outsource is now available on print and Kindle, and you can find all of my books, blogs, and podcasts at cvcu.us on the president's page. I want to shout out the many churches who are stepping up to the rescue mission, and this week we're seeing more and more pastors opening their church to the community. Well done, team. Pastors, if you want to know how you can play a vital role in rescuing the outsourced generation, go to cbcu.us and click the Start an Academy tab. Now, one of the key elements, the fallouts of traditional education that I've written about in Outsourced is anti-patriotism. Today's young students are being taught to hate America. They're being taught to hate our values. And today's guest on our show understands the vital nature of standing up, of speaking out about the values of our great nation, of restoring a sense of hope and patriotism and American exceptionalism to our country. Our guest today is running for Congress in the 52nd district. He's a patriot. He's a firm believer in the American dream. Like many of our listeners, he grew up in a difficult home environment, and he understands the importance of stable family and the impact of the stable family, not only on the individual, but also on the culture. Somehow, our guest today survived Berkeley with his faith intact, which is pretty impressive, and now he's launched several successful mortgage finance companies and serves as a pastor. Now, I heard him speak at a South Bay leaders meeting, and I was tremendously impressed with his vision, with his values, with his unapologetic stance. He has what I'm calling a 10-point plan of rebuilding America, and I'm so excited for our listeners to hear about this today. So please join me in welcoming Tyler Gaffney. Welcome, Tyler. My gosh, thank you so much, Dr. Lisa. That was uh, quite an intro. I appreciate that. So great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I'm so excited for our listeners to get a glimpse of what I heard when I heard you speak in South Bay a few weeks back. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and your background? I know our listeners can really relate to growing up and, and seeing some of the challenges that now are really playing out across America. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned my, my childhood family. And so I'll just maybe even start the story there where, you know, I was born in an atheist family. And when I say atheist, I mean like a slavering Jesus haters. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, dinner table conversation was always centered around basically why we know for a fact Christianity is false. And that anybody that believes in that is like, is it should basically be wearing uh, aluminum hats. Right. Wow. And, um, and that, you know, too, right. We had a broken family. So, you know, my, my biological 
Kavala left when I was a year old and my mother remarried Mr. Geffeny, who still stands as my father today. And I took on his name. Um, but you know, I mean, it wasn't your, your, your typical family, right? It was, it was broken and we had many challenges and at many instances throughout my childhood, you know, we subsisted on even food stamps. But what I was grateful for was that I was taught at least the values and principles of hard work, responsibility, and through that endured and being able to become a, I was a top student in my high school, um, worked hard in even athletics, got to UC Berkeley. And like you said, <laughs> amazingly, I survived as a, both a, a and I'm sorry, by, by then I had actually become a Christian. So I became a Christian going to Berkeley. Amazing, amazing. And, all Berkeley did was do was reinforce the validity of the Christian worldview and secondarily the supremacy of conservatism. And if there was any hint of liberalism in the left, Berkeley eradicated that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that was my story. And then since then, um, you know, when I became a Christian, I uh, it, the, the revelation to me was that this means absolutely everything. It affects everything. It defines everything. It's what we're here for. Um, and so I've dedicated my entire life to serving Jesus and, uh, and his cross. And, uh, and yeah, I've done so also as, a, as an entrepreneur. And I did that because like Paul, the apostles, I, I wanted it so that money was never in, in intertangled with my ministry work. So I'm a full-time minister, but I've always subsisted on my, um, earn, earning my own money so that I never made that a part of my ministry. Yeah. That tent, that whole tent maker philosophy. That's really amazing. Really impressive. Well, I loved that you, you know, many people complain about what's happening in our country, in our city. You know, you're, I know you're familiar with South Bay and some of the things that are happening down here. We're literally in a, a battle for the soul of our city. A lot of people are aware of the challenges, but what made you, Pastor Tyler, say, you know what? I'm not just going to be aware. I'm going to be active. I'm going to, I'm going to step into the battle. What made you decide to just step up to the plate and campaign for office? Yeah, I mean, you know, in one sense, like I had no political ambitions at all, never wanted to be a politician. I love, love, and I mean, I tell you, I love being a pastor and preaching the gospel. I love teaching the word. Um, and that's just one of the things that has always been a passion of mine. And I'm an evangelist. So I, I really had no political ambitions. But what I saw coming down from a spiritual discernment is this radical, I mean, I mean, all defining, all infected. Uh, Luciferian satanic destruction of our culture and everything yeah. that was the foundation of our American culture that established, I believe, the most excellent and uh, country in all of existence. And I can um, talk about how America has been an influence for both, um, you know, prosperity, raising people up out of poverty, giving dignity to minorities and women and so forth and human rights uh, all across the land. Uh, and, but above all has been, I believe, historically the greatest force for promulgating the gospel of Christ than any other nation in all of history. So I'm proud of the nation yeah. in which I was born in that allowed a family with that subsisted on food stamps to prosper as we did mm. with the values of the Bible. And so, but what I saw happening was such a radical, undeniable degradation of those fundamental values. And like you said, the toxicity of things that are being indoctrinated into our children's minds in education. I was like, how can I as a father sit idly by uh, and, and see the nation that I'm handing to my children and my children's children, right? Their grandchildren. I was like, I would be, I would, I would be a hypocrite with everything that I believe in if I did not drop everything. So I stopped my pastorate and my, my churches gave me leave to do this. 
Um, I shut down my business and I am doing this full time with the absolute commitment that I'm going to be part of this movement to restore our republic. Wow. I love that. I love the founding father spirit that is in you when you speak like they will, they sacrificed everything because they saw the degradation that was ahead. Like they saw the cost. If we do not step up that Luciferian impact that you, that you so beautifully and poetically described there. And I think, you know, that call to action is such a powerful impetus for those who are listening because it's easy just to, to complain about America and not realize that we have this tremendous role. And our friends, Jimmy Rosemary Garlow, always say that everywhere they travel around the world, that people are looking to America as the role model that we are literally, we influence how, because our, our, we have the best constitution, the most well-written, it is founded on biblical principles and that's why it works. And so the rest of the, it is no, it's no exaggeration to say that the rest of the world is literally watching us and that so much more is at stake than just a city or a, a race. This is this again, the soul of our country. And so I'm so thankful that you're stepping up and that you're willing to, to go to bat. You've laid everything else aside to be unencumbered and just uh, to go to bat for this. So pastor Tyler, you have this unique vantage point because you have the, the view of a pastor you're seeing, you know, we see the brokenness, the cumulative effects when we're in ministry or in college education, we would see, you know, the brokenness of the system because it's all the cumulative dysfunction. What are some important lessons you've learned? Do, do you see the family as being vital to a healthy culture? I mean, how, how, how intertwined are these two entities? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Right. And I mean, I mean, as a pastor, obviously I'm going to fall on the side of like, yeah, the, the, the family is, is centrifugal to the, the, as a building block to our culture and, uh, and society. You know, one of the things that as pastor, I'm also actually a minister that does work on university campuses. And so I've had exposure to students who have left their family home, right. And are now being exposed to even just, you know, other toxic uh, indoctrination that's happening at the university right. systems, which by the way, gosh, if you're, if your children are going to universities and you got to really reconsider which universities right. you are sending them to, right. um, and on top of even just the high school, um, system. And, uh, yeah. You know, I truly believe that once again, that God ordained the family as the brick for yeah. building uh, our society. And I, you know, I share this story too. I have a personal experience with this and I share this, um, uh, somewhat reluctantly because it's, it's a bit, you know, uh, exposure for my family, but you know, um, we, uh, as strong Christians, as a pastor, like I've, I've ta taught my children a strong base in the Bible and all of them just love Jesus with lots of passion. So we had no problem with our children going to certain public schools because we thought they could be a light to those areas. And that's what I do at the, my heart is I'm an evangelist. So I'm at the darkest of places mm. spreading the gospel. We had our children doing that. Well, one day, you know, one of my children comes home and basically says, Hey, you know, dad, I'm not sure about my own sexuality. And I was like, where did this come from? Right. That happened on a Friday. That next Monday, she was matriculated into the Christian school, uh, Christian <laughs> private school right. down the street. Literally, that right. Friday, I called, yeah. I called the public school and said, my daughter's out, called the Christian school and said, whatever it takes to get her in there, she's there on Monday. Yeah. Um, and that, that happened on a Monday. And I would say within a week and a half, right, she had a boyfriend and it's never come up again. Yeah. Right. Now, my story is one that I believe is, is telling of the fact that the indoctrination that's going on in these government run 
cult camps yeah. is real. It's real. Yeah. And we need to be cognizant of that. And we do everything we can to get our children out of these indoctrination camps and teach them the proper values. And that would not have happened for my daughter had she not had a family structure that was there to protect her and guide her and teach her into the right ways of living. And so, yeah, I think families is crucial, right? Family built upon the foundation of God's word and God's truth. Yeah. So powerful, such a powerful example in our city in Chula Vista, the teachers have to have a sign in their classroom that says, I am an LGBTQ supporter. Come ask me if you have questions. So it's it, this, this baiting, constant baiting indoctrination. Obviously we've talked about it on the show many times embedded in the curricula, but thanks for sharing that story. And that's the thing is many parents are not involved and they don't really realize um, this is a time for parents to wake up. This is a time for us to recognize what's really happening, what's really being taught. It's not about education. It's about indoctrination. Pastor Tyler, let's talk about just the sociopolitical challenges. Obviously, we talked about this, the school system before the break, and that's obviously that's the hub. That's the that's the heartbeat. That's where everything starts. We, you know, train up a generation in the way the nation thinks it should go. And then, you know, like Vody Bauckham says, we send our kids away to be trained by Caesar and we're shocked when they come back as Romans. And that's what's happening. So talk a little bit about if you want to hit on a few of the 10 elements, um, but let's talk about some of those key arenas that you feel like we need to address and that you are prepared to step into the, the battle for. Well, I mean, gosh, there, there's so many. I mean, where do you begin? Like you said, there's a, like we focus on a primarily a 10 point plan, but I mean, education is centrifugal to this, right? Yeah. And it was Abraham Lincoln who said the philosophy in the schoolroom today should be the philosophy of the government and the culture in the next yeah. generation, yeah. right? Yeah. And what we have seen is that 40 years ago, right, we had a, a communist, anti-Christian, anti-church agenda begin to infect and infiltrate our educational system, right? And, and to to undermine Western culture in, in everything that we represent, you know, predominantly, right, in the ideas of freedom, right, uh, of individuality, uh, as well as the church predominantly, right, because the, the god or idol of neo-communism or even communism is the state, and you can't have a, a one god competing against another. So they have to destroy uh, the church. So fundamentally, yeah, we absolutely have to reform schools. So that's one of my primary initiatives right now. But I'll tell you what, I mean, this is, uh, you, you know, most recently, it's like where education was the primary concern, I would argue, two years ago under, uh, you know, maybe Trump, right? Because the, uh, the, the Democrats had so much control over what's happening at our universities and in our high schools, right? That was the, the focus. But right now, you know, what's foremost on everybody's mind is the economy, this inflation, and once again, we're seeing the radical destruction of our culture right. at the hands of these democratic policies. And this is, make no mistake, this is intentional, right? And so right. The, that's one of the, the 10 things that, so first and foremost, we want to fix that, right? And my, my 10 point plan then includes, right, the, uh, the economy and inflation, um, and then get back to re restoring the, the centrifugal as aspect of family, uh, the right to life. Right, we got to fix freedom uh, uh, and liberty, uh, the immigration problems. Uh, we talked about education already. Uh, constitutional protections, or what I what I would actually describe as really more so, or more importantly, the uh, the power to the people. Yes. If we can bring power back to the people, right, the radical reforms automatically happen. Right, when when um, when the government is afraid of the people. Right. We have freedom. <laughs> when the right. people are afraid of the government, yeah. you have tyranny. And right now, I would argue we are under 
tyranny, right? Yes. Um, we have to restore election integrity. Like I said, um, uh, reinvigorate the economy and fix this insidious inflation that hurts the working class people the most. And then finally, what's on people's minds and concerns is the housing homelessness problem. Yeah. So those are the 10 things. I'm sorry, I kind of said those pretty rapidly no. and kind of a little bit out of order. But yeah, those are the things we're looking to fix. So powerful. I, I just love the focal point of all of these and how if we if we really did apply our energy and our enthusiasm to, and our creativity to solving these challenges that we really would see a radical reversal in some of these arenas. Why is it that so many Christians have steered away? You know, we look at the voting rates in California and it's just abysmal. I, I, our district is definitely abysmal. Why have Christians steered away? And why is it so important that all of our faithful people in District 52 and beyond get out to vote? Um, you know, I, th th uh, this is something I have marinated on quite regularly, and it's actually one that I feel like um, uh, like I can speak with some authority, that I do believe that God has exposed this to me. And that, that first and foremost, right, it comes down to theological lies that we have bought into in mass. And then secondarily, and I would say that this is probably the most fundamental aspect of it, is that those theological lies have been perpetuated by what I would say are cowardly pastors, Mm -hmm. Right. That pastors who have upheld our, our, um, you know, church growth models over church, church quality and models or so truth good. models. Right. And so when they've prioritized, you know, their own self-aggrandizing ag agendas to basically build up, you know, uh, large churches with lots of butts in the seats. And that yeah. becomes the priority. Um, they are going to inevitably compromise the truth. You know, and I always like to say this. I like to say, you know, um, the good Lord Jesus Christ, right, was probably the worst church growth um, advocate ever, right? Because every time I saw Jesus, was like, as the crowd would get big, he would thin the herd right. drastically, yeah. right? And he'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, you think you're following me, right? And he, right. Would, he, would, he would establish a higher standard good. so that he would make good. a quality, quality church, right? Okay, so mm -hmm. first and foremost, we've got to start addressing these pastors and their form of leadership in which they have abandoned I, the truth of God. I, in fact, so far, I would say these churches that have sat silent, these yeah. pastors who are silent are apostate, yeah. right? Because this is exactly what we saw in Nazi Germany back in the day in which churches in, had a platform of silence, which when you tolerate something you sanction it and these right. churches tolerated the unspeakable in, evil that was coming out of this nazi party and as a result right there was this has global consequences of yeah. mass destruction evil death right and the church make no mistake the church had the ability to stop it in germany at that time and they did it this was the cry of my great friend, uh, like, uh, or, or inspiration, Bonhoeffer, mm -hmm. and, uh, um, and, and a gentleman who I, I deeply admire, Eric Metaxas, wrote a book on Bonhoeffer and subsequently has now just released a book of a letter to the American church where he's speaking on the same things that my campaign is doing, where we're going to churches and saying, you have a biblical mandate to teach these things and to get involved, because here's the thing, when you don't speak against evil, that is evil. Yes. Churches in mass are not speaking against the evil. What does that make them? That makes them a party yeah. to 
evil. Complicit. We're complicit. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm getting teary-eyed to think yeah. that my own church is party to evil in my own country. Tell us where our listeners can learn more about you, watch your videos, and hear more about your campaign. Yeah, so you can get to our website at tyler4congress.com. There you can get links to our social media pages, YouTube and so forth, and watch some various videos. Uh, there's also a phone number. Um, you can fill out a contact form there and just even email us. And yeah, any information that we can do to help get the word out. But uh, yeah, uh, we would love to connect with anybody and everybody who wants to be part of the movement of freedom and hope. Thank you so much, Pastor Tyler. What a joy to have you on the show today. We are so excited about the work that you're doing. Well, you know, our listeners know I am calling on all churches in San Diego County to be part of the solution. If just 75% of the churches across California opened their doors to 260 students, we could empty the public school system out tomorrow. If you're in 11th or 12th grade, you can apply to CVCU today. Be sure to check out our new online courses, our signature Socratic model available now on online at cvcu.us. And don't forget to check out outsourcethebook.com. If you have questions about our content, you can email us at radio at cvcu.us. Again, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn. Thanks for joining me here on today's show. We'll be back next week with more of our toxic trait analysis and some tips that will help you stay connected through the lifespan. We'll see you then. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dr. Lisa Dunn or via email to contact at drlisadunn.com. That's D-R-L-I-S-A-D-U-N-N-E.com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect. Oh,